Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 281. And I'm joined this week by Matt Richards. Um, not, I said um then, I said Matt Richards um, but last week, apparently on the podcast, I said Matt Richardson, which um, it's not. I want to humbly apologise for that. I felt like a right plum. The reason for it, I think, is because the Pod Bible stuff that I was also talking about in that intro or outro is with Adam Richardson. Um, so yeah, that's how that that's how that happened. But Matt Richards is the new host of Tuesday Night Jaw. And while I'm speaking of Adam Richardson, um, Pod Bible is putting on a Pod and Mix show at um, the London Podcast Festival on September 8th at King's Place, and it'll be Adam Richardson's podcast, The Hardest Part of the Ring, putting together a quiz for Matt Richardson and a team of wrestlers, um, a wrestling quiz, of the Tuesday Night Jaw kind of team and gang. So it's wonderfully exciting. You can buy tickets now. I urge you to go there and see if I get confused over the names of the guests once again. This episode, we do talk about wrestling. We talk about gaming. We talk about a lot of stuff, but I don't think... It's exclusively for people into wrestling or people into gaming or whatever else. Matt's story is a really interesting one and a really inspiring one because there's a lot of reasons that, I don't know, his outlook on a lot of stuff I think is great, is really positive and really good and can be converted into a lot of other um, kind of places. I should mention, as ever, we're brought to you by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. That's where you can get all the merch. And patreon.com slash Pip just had the new poem of the month. Uh, so you can go and check that out for a dollar for the whole month. Um, and you'll also get a bonus episode down the line and, and loads of preview stuff. So yeah, that's cool. I'm keeping the intro short still. In the outro, I want to talk to you about wrestling a bit and about the negative effect that recording this podcast had on my life. And in the outro, in fact, I'm going to talk about my number one wish in wrestling right now. I'll tell you all that at the end. But before we get into it, I should mention, if you are a wrestling fan, I've had some amazing previous guests. I've had Will Ospreay, arguably the best wrestler in the world at the moment. I've had Jack Gallagher. I've had Jim Smallman of um, of Progress Wrestling, recently announced leaving Progress Wrestling. Uh, that's all on his Twitter if you want to go and, and find out about that. I've had Eddie Dennis. I've had Chris Jericho. I've had some amazing people. And I've lined up. I was going to leave it for the outro, but I'm going to sit down and chat with Jack Sexsmith. A lot of you all know he's been through hell and back recently, and we're going to have a good chat about it. Uh, yeah, let's get on with the podcast. This is episode 281 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Matt Richards. Right, I'm joined today by Matt Richards. How are you, sir? I'm actually really well. Yeah, I'm it's good. exciting. We're it we're is. in the basement of the of the, the book club, uh, which is where I do my club night. Uh, we are lizards, so I I never like to miss a good opportunity for a plug. No, no. That's that's legit and doesn't seem false. But yeah, we we're, we're here to chat about a lot of things. <laughs> prompted by you, your new role as the host of Tuesday Night Jaw. Yeah. And we'll get into that. But there's loads I want to talk about. But primarily, it's your birthday. So it is happy my birthday. birthday. Thank you. 
I'm like, I'm like the most unbirthday guy in the world yeah, ever. Yeah. Like to the point where I deliberately was like, oh yeah, I'll come, I'll come to London and do this because I just, I just, I'm 31 now as well, so I'm kind of like, I'm over the the last important one yeah. until 50. Yeah, so yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'd rather be doing doing work and stuff. I'm exactly so. the same. I always release something on my birthday, and part of the reason for that was it was a distraction from having to do yeah. anything. I'm making it work. Yeah. Like I put introduction out, like was the first one. The introduction video went up on my birthday, which meant I could spend all day just promoting yeah, exactly. single yeah, and not yeah. have to worry about stuff. And then ever since then, it's like I did my, did, the, the first distraction pieces live on my birthday. Cause it's like, well, my mates can come to that. I don't yeah. have to have a party then. It doesn't That's have to be it. any kind of drama. You can tie it in. Yeah. Um, but despite that, I've got you a gift. And okay. it's, um, it's a WWE <laughs> sticker, and I think it's the one everyone wants. It's it's Vladimir Kozlov clearly just working a rest hold on Triple H. That that needs to be turned into a sticker, right? That, that absolute highlight. And this is this is coming from someone who's been in wrestling for fifteen years. I'm looking at this image and can't figure out what's meant to be happening. Yeah, he's just now, holding his back, really. Now, isn't as, he? as a professional wrestling broadcaster, that looks like a reverse bear hug, but I can't be sure. Now, uh, now, as a smart mark, yeah, Triple H's hair's over his face. Kozlov, yeah. the more inexperienced wrestler, has pushed his head t- to his yeah. back. I reckon Triple H is telling him what we're meant to be doing because <laughs> he doesn't really know what he's doing and Triple H is obviously the, he's the just, ring general. Or he's just going, I'm absolutely not taking a German suplex off you. Yeah. Not a chance, mate. But it blew me away that that, that was, was made into a sticker. What, what, what a bizarre <laughs> moment to memorialise. I know. It's like I keep seeing um, all the guys now that are in like NXT and stuff. They'll have um, the top Trumps cards yeah, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And there's always like, you always get the ones that look really great and then you get the ones that you're kind of like, oh, you, you picked that stock image. Interesting you choice that one, there, right? Guys. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's unusual. Well, um, this obviously is going to be a, a wrestling heavy podcast. But before we get into that, because I want to, Hear, hear you, your story a bit, but, but a lot of that comes through wrestling. Yeah. Um, but so let's talk before we get to that. Another thing that you're known for and have done for years is is hosting at the Insomnia Game yeah. Festival. So, uh, are you a big gamer? Have you always been a gamer? Where's your so what your game? So background? before I got that that job, I would have absolutely sat here and said, "Oh yeah, I'm a gamer." And then I got that job, and then I realised I'm not a gamer. It's tough, like isn't it's, it? it's, it's. I think the generation or the the evolution of Twitch has made a lot of people realise how they're not gamers. Yeah. Because there's now there's like oh, like I, I when I had I'd done a sack on the podcast once we were talking about Destiny, and I, I was doing a podcast on the new one, and I clocked about 30, 40 hours, and yeah. Dan was like, "Yeah, I'm not really Destiny's not one of my main games. I've got about." 1500 hours on it i was like and that's not one of your main games no. that's that so so this is this is confession time so the only thing that i really play these days is like if anyone knows me um they know how obsessed i am a football manager yeah so my current record on a football manager game is forty-eight thousand hours wow. on fm 2010 because i played that game for nine years yeah. so i had it when it came out and i literally G- just green like, box uh yes greeny bluey greeny bluey yeah. box the red one was the one i got into really massively which was early i think that was early early 2000s was the red box yeah um but yeah i got i'm like what I'm, an addictive game right? oh it's, it's horrendous but it's, it's kind of nice because like it's because like like most things in video games it has a subculture within the subculture yeah. so i now get people coming up to me going like 
oh, have you heard of this 17-year-old Belgian striker that yeah, plays yeah. in the third division in Belgium? Or like, I love it because it's great. And um, You always sh- are looking for, uh, for the new Cherno Exactly. And so my friend Tony Jameson, who's a stand-up comic, got yeah. famous from doing uh, the Football Manager stand-up show. Right. He, he, he turned it into a, a book and a documentary, which wow. Tony's in, because he did 50 years of Black Spartans. And like he's now, he did the documentary with it. Wow. Uh, and Tony's actually a mate of, of Jim's. Yeah. So I went to watch Tony's stand up show, got introduced to him, and we nerd out occasionally. And now it's a weird position because Tony loves wrestling. So Tony comes to talk to me about wrestling and CrossFit. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, in my head, I'm like, you're the guy that knows who Freddie Adu is yeah. and treats him with the love and respect. Um, but now you're, you're coming into my world because I think, I think in anything that we do, because I think we all move in similar circles. Yeah. It's like, have you ever heard the statement about like every rapper wants to be an NBA player, every NBA player wants to be a rapper? Yeah, 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 it's kind of yeah, like yeah. that in like wrestling, like every other comic wants to be a wrestler or vice versa. Um, and you um, see all this um, music and acting is yeah. one that I found. The reason I uh, my route into acting f- felt somewhat fast tracked was I'd met so many actors who were into my music and yeah. become friends with them and got just such great advice <laughs> from Gunning. Yeah. So yeah, but, but but it is wrestling and gaming. There's a massive crossover because they're both quite nerdy. Yes. Quite um, quite white at times. Yeah. Again, that's thankfully changing across all balls. Quite ma- male for a long time. Again, yeah. ch- changing and evolving. Um, one of the one of the biggest changes though is being uh, Austin Creed, Xavier Woods, yeah. and up, up, down, down. Um, we we actually had. Uh, Austin on our stage wow. last year at Insomnia because it was when they had the NXT tapings there. Yeah. Um, and he came and played Fortnite with a guy, a good friend of mine, Grant Hines, who's also a YouTuber. Yeah. And uh, it was wicked. Like, it was so cool to have him there because he was absolutely there in, in the capacity of gamer. There was no wrestler. There was no, there yeah, was no like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, you know, part of the new day. It was just gaming, gaming, gaming. And it was, it was really, really lovely to have someone that's so passionate about something that's known for something else and i think he's really helped that um that community within his locker room now because yeah. i mean like, I, I don't know about everyone else but i love up up down down i mean yeah, yeah. immediately it really winds me up because i know how good gallagher is on ufc right so right, yeah a uh, little story for you about that he when he got married we all stayed in like this this country house uh for a few days and we were playing video games and no one beat him at ufc the whole weekend oh mate i'm gonna have to ch- challenge him at, at some point every it's time unreal. a new one comes out i do an open ch- 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 challenge i give yeah. out my my xbox or or, or, or playstation um, be careful though id and then i do an open ch- challenge and my normal thing is you pick your wrestler or sorry you pick your fighter I will pick one of their iconic rivals nice. and win in the style of that rival. Because that's the thing. I guarantee that's what J- J- Jack does too. Because yeah. you're a nerd for it. You will fight in the style of that wrestler. Because again, there's certain things that if you're good at the ground game, yeah, wh- yeah. whoever you choose, you might if you can get, get it to the ground, you might be able to yeah. dominate. Whereas I, I, I remember having an online one. It was, it was with my mate Sam, actually. And it was Diaz. He, he he chose Connor, yes. so I chose Nate Diaz. Beautiful, and he was l- lighting me up, and literally it went exactly like the fight because <laughs> I didn't get knocked out. He gassed, and I knocked him down, and then choked yeah. him out. And he was like, particularly as he was on his mic as well, and being all cocky, he's like, yeah. "Yes, I've got you. Do this." I was like, 
But there's, there's that tie-in, you know? though. It's narrative, right? Because this is what we all kind of like strive for. Video games, you want a game that you can get immersed in, in into the story. Yeah. Fighting's the same, you know, and, and wrestling's exactly the same. And I think that's what kind of, if you're really, and I don't mean this in a gatekeeper way, but I mean, if you're a really fan of them things, that's the stuff that keeps getting you coming back. Yeah. And like, I absolutely, I, I got brought up watching boxing and, and MMA yeah. um, before, even before like wrestling. Um, because my granddad was a big boxing fan and he'd tell me about all the old fights and stuff like that and from a part of South Wales was a guy called Johnny Owens there's actually a statue of him right, in, wow. in Murphy Tidville Brilliant. so like that was ingrained in my brain of like fighting but stories it was that yeah. thing of like it's telling stories and, yeah. and that's kind of how even my dad now he's like he kind of thinks wrestling's a bit you know oh, it's a bit hokey and, and whatever yeah. but he loves he loves it when I show him stuff where it's got that big fight feel or that 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 narrative to it and, um, and when they can can really tell a story swiftly and, and effectively it's it's i mean a fight i was i've been banging on about this week um i was at, at riptide oh, last yeah, weekend yeah. and, and Karen our mystery opponent of pack yeah and that was exciting in itself because they're both really good but yeah. the fact that they had no history and they told a story in that yeah. match was absolutely f- fantastic because and to be honest, Pac could just go about just doing a tour of glory, essentially. Yeah. He doesn't have to tell stories. He can go and do all his amazing flips. Yeah. You, I was, I, I liked Neville, yeah. but I wasn't like mad about him. Mm-hmm. I was honestly hair standing on end as he was on the floor next to me. Cause like, yeah. oh, he's actually there because he does, he looks like an action yeah. figure. So, and then you've got Cara on the other side of that. Who's this? like perfect storm of theatrics and physicality because he's got this black swan character that's so captivating yeah. and it engrosses you but but the, the the human being behind the character is one of the most talented mixed martial arts yeah. like you know practitioners that is in pro wrestling yeah. Yeah. and he's he's <coughs> he is a once in a lifetime performer in that sense of because for a long time, I remember when he was black belt Tom Dawkins, I right. think his old name oh, used he? to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he used to be, he used to do all these sort of like martial arts kicks and have this mm. ballet thing. And I remember everyone kind of felt he was this oddity. And then the the, the Cara Noir character just burst into life. It blew and, me away the first yeah. time I saw him live because I'd heard all about this entrance. And if it's someone that's accessible, I'll try not to watch on YouTube mm. and stuff like that. Because... <coughs> It's a bit of a spoiler. Mm. So it's not going to quite translate as, yeah, as it course. would in the room. So I'd held off. And his entrance was as amazing as I'd expected. But I didn't expect that hard-hitting in-ring. I hadn't heard about that. I'd immediately messaged a, a Jim Smallman mm. and, and said it was like an 80s body swap, a Freaky Friday-type movie, yeah. which, which weirdly you two talked about on yeah, when he was yeah, on Cheers yeah. but And... <laughs> Glenn Joseph has taken over Matt Riddle. Yeah. And, and it's amazing. He's got all of the pomp and circumstance of Glenn, but then he's built like a... Oh, he's, a, 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 he's carved out of granite. Yeah. And then, yeah. And what a great place Riptide is as well, man. I, I, I love them guys. I, I did two shows for them when they were transitioning ring announcers to Rose, who does it yeah. now. And I, I just absolutely adored it. It's, yeah. it's Brighton, isn't it? You know, there's, there's, it's wonderful. there's nothing like it's, it. it. It really surprised me as well, because that was one where I... They had, They'd hit me up a few times and sent me a few links to a few of their shows, and they shot amazingly. Mm. And it was even more amazing to walk in there because what they managed to get atmosphere-wise and on camera in essentially a community hall yeah, kind of is. thing. It's, yeah. it's not like 
turning up at the ballroom no, and it's the ballroom. No, yeah, it's this, it's un- yeah. this you turn up, you're like, all right, I'd expect there to be a jumble sale on tomorrow and, yeah. and things like that. But they get, particularly on camera and in the room, just this amazing atmosphere. So, of I don't know if you found it funny, but uh, we're, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure the link goes out to the match and watch how yeah. it's shot because the cam, the way they shoot it is, is unbelievably like original. It? Yeah. But it's really funny when you're the person they're filming because, right. especially as a ring announcer, because I'm stood in the middle of the ring and I'm doing my bit and, bits and pieces. And I even said at one point, I was like, the last time I was filmed like this and filmed this often was when I was on Crime Watch because I just you just feel like you, yeah. you know is this like is this true crimes investigation is it like panning round your face multiple times and I was just yeah. as a as an honorary northerner I was a bit nervous I was like oh the, the, again it, it's it's finding those things that makes them stand out oh, though yeah. right it makes it it's what I was really pleased as soon as that that car noir match finished because not to give any spoilers. But at the end, they put over some of the other people absolutely mm. ex- excelling on that roster. Mm. They get them in there, so it's not mm. just here's an import. Yes, you know they 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 build the story. They get the rest of the uh, some of the other standouts over. And as soon as it finished, I was literally I was, I was walking to the train station with my missus and my mate Adam, um, and we I literally the first thing I said was, "They've got to put this up online mm. for free because yeah. it's what Progress did with yeah. the last Devitt." match yeah, and things the, like that and it, this the infamous, match goes up the yeah infamous match this match. goes up free and then it gets the atmosphere across and everything and yeah. this feels like R- riptide's version of that and it's that, got that huge name that undeniably one of the best in the world in pack and then it's got this guy that even if you're outside of kind of the the south and you know south west as well we've yeah. wrestled in wales and stuff like that but even if you're outside of the south it's not you're not going to be that familiar with him, or you no. may not be. So this feels like just a, yeah, a, a world platform for yeah. And and that you know, we we me and Jim spoke about it on on that uh, Tuesday night draw of the, about that chapter thirteen and and how that now is I think I described it as the Sex Pistols gig yeah. in Manchester in the seventies yeah, in the sense 100%. that everyone will lie and say they were there when in reality there was only few, but it changed the scene or it, sh- it changed the perception of the scene and, and I, I spoke from my point of view I was at that point I was still up north and I was part of that very like gritty northern wrestling scene yeah. where like oh no we're, we're, we're men or we're women and we fight like we, we've been down the pits and all that yeah. and then we saw that and we kind of went oh they're, they're doing something special there yeah. and, and I, feel, I feel the same way that that's going to be with Riptide cause- it's, it's weird isn't it because there's such a unity but also still those slight rivalries oh, and yeah. loyalties, the football team style loyalties. Yeah. Like I had people tweeting me about ICW as soon as I started going to Progress, yeah. and I felt, no, I'm a Progress guy. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, it looks amazing. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. We, but there is that slight, and you get that with any pr- a promotion yeah. you post about it. They're like, well, well, we should really come and see OTT if, if you want progress. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it looks amazing too. Yeah, but we can, yeah. they can all be good. We had it with the, uh, we did we did a couple of pre-shows up north with progress this weekend. Um, in, in Newcastle, the company is called North and that was amazing yes. and they're, they're awesome. They're really, really good lads and I'm yeah. really excited about that. But Manchester was our opportunity, which is something I've been like moaning at Jim for, for years to have and we had uh, two lads what, uh, called Sonna Derson and Luke Jacobs. Yes. And, we, I'd like, was so proud of them because they had a match that was theirs and was distinctly yeah. like, hey, this is what we do in Manchester, which usually involves getting your teeth kicked down your throat, but it's what we like. So, yeah. and I was, I was so happy with how that came across because I think sometimes when, when you're in a scene 
it's like music, like any form of entertainment where something gets popular, people try to replicate rather than trying to create. And I think them lads really showed their style. And then you've got, like, I think Sonna's 26. Oh, old, yeah, he's, he's someone 18. that I've only heard of because yourself and Chris yeah. Bro- and, and, and Chris uh, Brooker have been raving about him for yeah. a while now. So, But we've got another, like Luke, like I said, he's 18. He's got uh, his partner's a lad called Ethan Allen, who's 17. Yeah. And then we've got between, I'd say, eight and ten, Girls, guys who are just unreal. But I saw um, Sam Gradwell, who's on the NXT UK roster, make yeah. a really, really good point on Twitter this week about sometimes you always want the shot and you you want to have the platform to show how good you are, but you forget about the hard work that goes into being ready for that. And he was like, that really? was them two guys being ready for that moment. Yeah. you know. But if they hadn't gone on that journey of being the, the guys that everyone sort of bubbling about and talking yeah. about here... Um, and, and being ready for that opportunity, they wouldn't have done as well. And I think, and, and yeah. you can think you're ready because oh, of yeah. your hunger, and because Especially of when your you're thirst, 18. and you, and you're not. Yeah, yeah, there's there's loads I look back now and go, God, I was shit for years. Oh, like yeah. mu- music and things like that. There's so many things I remember from gigs and cringy stuff that it's like, yeah. well, that was my time to be shit. And yeah. then by the time I had an audience, I'd, yeah done it an awful lot oh, man, so there's, there's some of... to some of the tuesday night draw archives that i still hate because i'm like oh i was such an idiot and that was like two years ago you know, I, you know i love it i love it but um yeah it's it is an interesting one so i mean on the kind of on the on the talk of of that 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 manchester sex pistols gigs yeah, gig, yeah. that everyone was there i mean you don't want to choose who was the mick hucknell but um <laughs> but um it's it kind of links, I think, into your time as a wrestler because I think there's a lot of people who you worked with. But because it's it's an interesting one because a, a lot of people will know you as a ring announcer or as a as a commentator, mm. but some might not know your time as a wrestler. And mm. you kind of were there, not to put words in your mouth, but it must feel at times a little heartbreaking timing because you were there when the ground was being laid and not there when good dead, god damn all these no, trees have no, grown i and, and and i'm not i'm not trying to be like this humble you know down-to-earth person but wasn't our job yeah that this is you can't <laughs> you can't have a you can't have a coliseum if you don't lay foundations yeah 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 and we that was our job we laid foundations you know and and for me like i look at certain people that i came through with 15 years ago who are still wrestling and are some of the best wrestlers in the country and and they missed their opportunity so for me i look at it a different way and go and that wasn't what i was meant to do what i'm doing now is what i was meant to do but i wouldn't be where i am now if i hadn't gone through it yeah you know and and, because even when we were so i came through with uh sam bailey who's one of my best mates uh, a guy called C.J. His, Banks. His match with, with Cara Noir is also available online for free, I think, and it's few, meant to yeah. be absolutely amazing. I've not this watched it yet, it. but I've heard it's one of the, so the classics. you've got him, you've got C.J. Banks, Danny Hope, Joey Hayes, a uh, guy called Damon Lee as well. There's a few, a few of us from that that Wigan scene, which which sounds makes us all sound like we were in the snake pit, but we weren't <laughs> that good. Um, and we, we, when we came in, we were, we didn't know what British wrestling was. I remember my first ever British wrestling match was yeah. watching Robbie Brookside versus Johnny Kidd in a, wow. in a World of Sports 
uh, style match and I was 16 and I'd never seen it. I'd never seen that style of wrestling. So I, I was already training and wrestling before it. So we were copying, you know, early Ring of Honor or early Indies, American Indie stuff because we didn't have anyone to show us what to do. So we kind of created a, a British version of that. And I, you go back and watch it now and it's a bit, and you're going, oh, it's a bit hokey. But yeah. we we didn't have anyone leading us. Later, we had people like Mikey Whiplash come in and, and, and try and help us. And we did have people like Brookside who would dip in and out. But it was our job to sort of try and make something there. And then the generation after us, which was Jack Gallagher, Zach Gibson, James Drake, yeah, uh, you know, Crater from, from World of Sport, they all came in and kind of just took it to another level. Yeah. And, and I, I'll never forget, because I was actually... So Zach Gibson's first ever match in Future Shock was on my team at the fifth anniversary show. Right. And I remember I was, I was team captain, quote unquote. And I remember in that match, because I thought, I've told the story a few times, but the first time I ever saw Zach Gibson wrestle, I thought he was the worst wrestler I've ever seen in my right. life. Yeah. Right. And that is not a joke. I thought he was the absolute drizzling. And it was Sam Bailey was like, nah, trust me, he's going to be good. So I hadn't seen him for a year or two. And he's on my team, like, Comes in, tags him in, he does his bit. And I went, oh, bloody hell, he's got really good, hasn't he? <laughs> he's developed. <laughs> and it was kind of around that period of time where I was like 21. And, and I just had this moment of just like clarity where I was like, I'm never going to be the level that I think I need to be. So I need to do something else. And I took two or three years out, moved down south for a bit. And then I've told the story again of what happened and why I came back. But... I think that was an important moment for me to have a be really honest with yourself and think if I'm not contributing to the highest level, then I'm not contributing. Yeah, it's 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 finding your place in yeah. any industry. It's weird. I spoke about this with Mark Goddard, who I think is the best MMA ref yeah. in 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 the world, arguably. And I was saying to him, I had a really weird breakthrough because I I rolled a bit. I did a bit of BJJ. I went on some refing and um, judging courses and all this and all of it i realized all of it rather than equip me for anything special it made me enjoy watching it more yeah and i realized that in mma my role is fan yeah and it, and it genuinely is i'm really good at analyzing and watching yeah my girlfriend rolls her eyes if she watches with me because i'll <laughs> have such smugness on my face as i say something and then two seconds later the commentator says yeah, it yeah. and there'll be such a pride but i'll be like no that's because i'm a very good yeah. fan i've i've been on the mats i've done a bit of stand-up i've done the courses i've done this yeah. to qualify me to sit in my living room and really enjoy mma ba- bailey said something to me once and it's really <laughs> funny because uh, we were playing five-a-side football and it was during night when i was really on i was really fat at one point <laughs> sounds like my Alan Partridge moment so we're playing we're playing footy and it's five aside seven aside and my brain is knowing exactly where I need to be but my body isn't and yeah. he was like he was like if you were as good as your brain is as figuring out things yeah. you'd be an amazing football player and I think that kind of is a little thing with wrestling I think the reason why I picked up commentary so good is because I understand the bare basics of how to put a match together how to yeah. tell stories and structure and then add on that, that I know the guys and girls in the scene really, really well. I know their characters. I know their matches that I think I'm very fortunate in that sense that, that I do have a little bit of a leg up for everyone else because 
the the only real issue with with ring announcing and commentary in this this country is that it is behind the level of wrestling because we don't have anyone who's leading there's yeah. no one who's telling us i'm very fortunate now that i have a little bit of a communication line from bigger companies that i pick up stuff and i learn and i can help you know tell other people it's the same with glenn in that situation you know because he's, he's with nxt uk and he's always learning so when glenn comes back after a, a pc week or a show week i'm like tell me everything yeah um so i do think there needs to be a little bit of a change in that, uh, especially with ring announcers, because they've always been the jobs. It's kind of like when you're a kid and it's like, oh, who wants to go in goal? Because no one wants to go in goal. It's yeah. kind of like, oh, well, you didn't, you weren't a wrestler, so do you want to ring announce or commentate? And yeah. and I feel like we need to have a little bit of structure put in place. But Yeah, um, or, or, or make all the roles aspirational roles yeah. and, and make them s- something to aim to be absolutely amazing at rather than it yeah. be I said I couldn't do that therefore yeah this it's the same in it's it, it's one of the things I or, or kind of every industry I've been involved in I've tried to get on as many sides of it as possible mm. as much as anything to, to have that understanding so touring I've I've, I've driven for mates tours I've tour managed yeah. for mates tours and most of those were after I'd had my own tours it was in time off in between tours to get that greater understanding to know yeah. and also to to, to have the respect for those roles to know yep. that when I'm paying a tour manager, it's because he's got a really hard job, yep. and it's something that, quite frankly, I don't want to do. Yep. I would rather pay him to do that, yep. and and you know he's got that excellence there. So, uh, and again, I've done I've done everything wrestling. I've I've built rings. I've refereed. I've commentated. I've ring announced. I've wrestled. I've sold merch. Uh, I've not really promoted, but I've helped with promoting. I've helped with yeah. booking. I, I've literally done everything, uh, and it makes me respect everyone in them roles and it's i do feel like i'm not one of them old school guys that's like oh you know you need to go to the dojo and be sweeping floors and stuff like that but i think at the very least you should have experience with building a ring because again it's where you work it's this is the thing that that's going to keep you safe or safer uh and and if it breaks you need to know how to fix it because you don't want to get hurt um and i think it's a great learning curve for you to to go and set rings up and also, it's a really good indication to everyone that you want to be there. There's yeah. that that in, intention of like, hey, like I just want to be part of this. And I think that's what's really nice. Um, it's the reason why I had Chris Sharp on my first week. Yeah, yeah. He he's he is the guy that gets up at four thirty in the morning. He's like, all right, guys, let's go get the day. And he's like picking everyone else up and encouraging. He's building the rings. He's planning the matches with everyone. Yeah. He's the one that come around and go, do you want a cup of tea? Do you want this? And like, you know, that guy's got an incredible career. He's worked yeah. for every major American company in the world. He's trained under some of the best in the world and he's a very capable wrestler as well. Yeah. I think I think on the podcast, he downplayed how good of a wrestler yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. been to training with him. The, the, the dude can do everything that the best wrestlers could yeah. do. But again, he found his place in wrestling, which was being a referee. And now, you know, he's he lives in this country with his amazing wife after struggling for so long working his dream job and i think i think that's such a really good example to to younger people who want to come in that that again it's it's if you want to be part of this and you have a a skill set or a skill that can make you good at it then then the world's your oyster really yeah and i I think i think one of the problems that we have a lot of time is that we like to quickly dismiss or the whole chuck the baby out with the bathwater type thing is <laughs> yeah. is because you can can look at the old way wrestling was and how mm-hmm. uh, often 
the trainers would treat the, tr- the trainees like shit and it'd be harsh. And you can look at that and go, that's not right. And I'd mm-hmm. agree with that. But they were doing it for a reason and there's something in it. And the translation of that is, as you said, like ring crew, from my t- brief time of going to Progress, I remember c- Candy Floss yeah. being ring crew, William Evert, OJMO yeah. being ring crew. Big T Justice being the, yeah. m- the, the least discreet ring crew <laughs> member ever because he's like he's literally taller than the ring. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, he's just here to help, is he? Yeah. Um, and things like that. And these are all people that have gone on uh, to gain their experience and to, to, to do great things in wrestling and all of them at different levels at the moment. Yeah, man. And that's that's where it's it's key you don't have to be treating people like shit but you can still oh, no. have these humbling experiences and, and these learning experiences where you're you're right there and we t- we tell you know a lot of the trainees up in manchester and up north a lot you know when we when i first started training it was like 15 i literally just turned 15 and second ever training session was essentially a boot camp and i remember that we did all this like physical activity that was ridiculous for a 15 year old to do and I was taking bumps in the ring bumping over and over again and I just bumped stopped me head out the side of the ring threw up and carried on bumping and I was known as sick boy for like a year and a half <laughs> for it and, yeah. and like looking back now I'm like that's you know because I still had a lot of people were bringing me through in that old we don't want you to be here because it's this is a closed yeah, door yeah. like the only way you you will be here is if you you grit your teeth and you get through this. I mean, there was mistakenly a lot of that in in CrossFit as well. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. CrossFit earlier. How that was, we're going to make you throw up and yeah. all things like that. And thankfully, the people CrossFit Chesley Street and then and and and, and Matt Everett is is one of um, is one of the main guys yeah. in CrossFit. The people the, they're the people I've met and got advice off. It's Sam at, at CrossFit. Chesley Street, who's trained me from day one, and Matt, who's kind of given us guidance, they're the ones who are like, no, it's mm. about community and it's about a positive thing and it's not about this work until you collapse or work no. until you th- throw up or any of, any, no. any of that kind of... But it, it, weirdly, it makes me think of, of, of we were saying before about finding what your mind is right for. Yeah. So the fact is, if you can... If your mind is better at wrestling than your your body is capable of being, yeah. then maybe you should be a trainer or a commentator yeah. or, th- or things like this. But I had on on one of my CrossFit things, I'd gone, I'd started going to this place that was, uh, it's kind of a Ninja Warrior, yeah, okay. a, tra- a, tra- a training place. And he was like, "Are you? Do you want to go on the show?" I'm like, "No, just want to train." Because again, on all these things, I'm never, yeah. I'm, I'm not into the needing this end end product. It's like, no, I just want to train. And there, I was really good. He, he loved it because anything he'd teach me, he'd do it. I'd pause for a bit and just get it all clear in my head and then I'd be able to do it. Yeah. Except for the salmon ladder. Okay. He got me on the salmon ladder because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And he was saying, it's killing me because every time you're going and trying, you're failing and then you're looking at it and trying to make it make sense. Yeah. He's like, this is the one thing where it's not going to make sense. And me being a salmon prick, I've now built a salmon ladder in my back garden yeah, and yeah. I've had to defeat it but it was one of those things where I was like right this is one that do you want me, do you want me to make you feel better go on, go I've on. seen James Drake fail on a salmon ladder yeah because he can't do it and, it doesn't and, make and any sense he's, he's a professional no, you're athlete you're nothing yeah. and, you're, and you're doing this and yeah. I ended up getting it and getting decent but weirdly on the salmon ladder front I was, on the one I've got at home I was using these kind of hard kendo sticks yeah. as as the beam and, and, and for anyone who doesn't know a salmon ladder essentially it's a T- two poles so if you think the width of the width of how pull-up bars would be and there's 
kind of ledges coming out of yeah. them and you put a pole in it and then you jump up onto the next one but your feet aren't on the ground. Yeah. Um, so I'd got all right at it and um, my mate Chris was round and uh, he was like, I'll oh, show me. And I did it. And I was like, it's because I was trying to t- t- teach him and the way I was taught is you do if you kind of p- practice ones in the bracket. Yeah. B- before trying to go up to the oh, next one good. to get the confidence. <laughs> yeah. So you do a few bang. Yep, this is all right. I'm controlling it. And then you go and do it. And um, I did it and it snapped. And I, f- I fell on my ass. It didn't hurt. I just felt a bit s- s- silly. Yeah. But because that exercise is 99% psychological, yeah. I've not been able to, to, yeah, to get good at it since. Up, I've not been able to, to, to get back to it. And it's my plan. Now the weather's nice. I'm going to... Yeah. I'm gonna get back on it but it's interesting those small bits so i guess the point of i'm trying to make there is that it's not to say oh as soon as i have a challenge i need to change my career Mm -hmm. path Mm -hmm. there's there's things you can overcome despite how your mind works but as you said if you've been doing it a while and you feel that you're not going to progress to to the, the level you'd like to your two choices are do it to just enjoy it yeah don't have that ambition or goal just do it for doing it or switch to, to something that you can see longevity and yeah. progression I, and improvement. I think, I think it's just being honest with yourself. And, and, and I think, <laughs> ironically, one of my biggest criticisms is that I criticise myself too much, <laughs> which sounds yeah. like the biggest oxymoron in the world. But, but then at the same time, I, I'm kind of thankful that I have that because I do feel that I'm, a ca- I'm capable of removing my ego from the situation. Yeah. And it's not that I don't have an ego. It's because everyone has an ego. And, and don't think that I don't sit there and fantasize about stuff and think, oh, yeah. wouldn't it be amazing if I could do this? But again, it's that thing of, I think, again, I'm fortunate because I had this, this moment of clarity and then made a decision. And then I've been very lucky that I've had moments that have only ever made me want to continue doing this because I would have never had them moments again. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. I would have never been, I'd have never been part of a show in Wembley arena. If I carried on wrestling, I'd yeah. have never been in a ring with WWE wrestlers versus new Japan wrestlers. I'd have never been right. on shows in front of thousands of people. And, and I've been part of this, a yeah. tiny small piece of it, but I've been part of it. And if I was still, you know, this skinny idiot in pleather trousers doing flips to the outside of the ring, I'd have never had them moments. Yeah. And not only did I have them moments, but I deserve to be there as well. Yeah. So I'm I'm really thankful for that. And I do feel like you... It's one of my, my favourite things in wrestling is when you see that person have the light bulb moment. They either have the match, the moment, the whatever it is, and you just see it in their head and it just... It, the light just goes on. Yeah. And it's, it's brilliant. It's really cool. I, I love it. I think one of the luckiest things anyone can have and a lot of people argue against luck and mm. hard work because they feel luck i saw mike bithel who's a, a game designer as well yeah. was, was talking about this on twitter recently and he was saying you can acknowledge luck and still be hard working yeah. these two things come hand in hand Shit. it's not saying oh i'm here j- just purely on luck but yeah. you can also acknowledge that luck has part of it but i think if you're you're lucky enough to do w- w- one thing that you couldn't have dreamt of it then makes everything yeah. a possibility that's, it. that's if, it if you've done that 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 ring announcing with wwe and new japan mm. you know pretty strong style against the elite if, if, if you've done that then it's realistic to go well i could commentate at wembley i could yeah. commentate commentate at madison square garden i yeah. could do you know all these things because that thing you've done was not imaginable that was something that if you'd sat down five years ago you're going 
Well, that can never happen. So I think the thing with that particular story and the, the, the elite versus British strong style is I was at, I think I was at Fight Club for, I think it was under a year. I don't even think I was there a year. And when I came into the company, it was when the company was just going on its, its yeah. upward arc. So the now infamous Zack Sabre Jr. versus Travis Banks match, which yes. alone saying out loud is crazy, was yeah. the match that really started Trav's momentum, which then in turn led to the company taking an upward swing. But we were getting, we were struggling to get 250 people in a place called Fiction in Wolverhampton, yeah. which was just a little sweat box <laughs> in, in Wolves. But then the Trav story started picking up steam and we did the, the amazing moment where we did Pete versus Trav and Trav beats Pete finally for the Fight Club Pro Championship. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, one yeah. of the, like, people are crying and it's like, it's amazing, this incredible moment. We'd only really yeah. just come off the back of that when they decided to take the plunge on doing the first ever Dream Tag Invitational. And having, so we went from 250 people to 1,500 people. And it was the, again, it's that perfect storm of, we had a main event of British Strong Style versus the Elite, straight, pretty much straight off the back of the first NXT UK takeover. Yeah. So where Pete, Tyler, uh, Trent started to get big and we had people like Pentagon Jr., we had Ray Phoenix on there and we had like a mixture of people like Angelico and, and Jack Evans mixed with our guys and girls in there. Yeah. And it was just this, the right moment. But even that show, it's funny because we were running, I think, an hour behind and it was this sweaty, hot banqueting hall in Wolverhampton. And the owners hated us, like despised <laughs> us. And it was just really stressful. It was horrible. And I remember we had to take two breaks. And one of the breaks was 45 minutes. And I, I had to go back out in front of that audience who were just pissed off. And like I was pissed off. And, and again, like, I had to you know, do my job and get them up for it. And they all come up for the main event and the British Strong Style music hits and there's just this explosion. And it was just that moment where I was just like, I need to stop worrying about everything. Let's, let's, let's do this thing. And then, just, yeah. and then it's now become the moment that a lot of British wrestling fans go, that was my first indie show because I saw Pete Tyler Trent and yeah. Kenny Omega in the box put on and I wanted to come to it. And they were like, now it's, in their it's head, the it's the one ingrained. indie DVD I've bought. Yeah. It's literally, it's, I, I couldn't be there, but I was watching it all on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm ordering that as soon as it came through. And I, I, I literally just sat in my living room as soon as it arrived I, and got through the lot. Go back and watch me during the main event because yeah. I'm so in my own head about it. Because <laughs> I, not so much for Pete and that, because I've obviously known Pete Tyler and Trent for years, despite only working for Fight Club um, in the recent years. But like, I'm so in my head as I'm just about to announce New Japan because... Everyone's got this idea that, like, oh, Matt's a really good ring announcer. I'm terrible. I'm, I'm not as bad as Jim Smallman, who is the worst <laughs> ring announcer in the world. Um, but I get proper into my head, and like, I'm just about to introduce him, and my brain goes, oh, yeah, mate, you're just about to introduce Kenny Omega. And I'm like, I oh, know, shut up. I'm trying to think of what they're going to do the introduction. <laughs> I need so. to do it. So, yeah, you just see me sweating in a corner going, oh, have I said the name right? So. I, I, I love it. Well, we need to, to get on to, to, to Tuesday night job. But, yes. but this kind of brings us to it in a nice way because you mentioned NXT UK there and weirdly on Twitter today um, I was kind of a, I was arguing with someone and then apologising with them for the fact that I just have a more positive outlook than a yeah. lot of the, the British internet wrestling <laughs> community because yeah, yeah. my point was I'd, I'd done this post about the, the Car Noir match and I've said that hopefully this and his, pro, his progress debut put, put him on the radar of, mm. of NXT UK NXT AEW and everyone in Japan yeah um, and someone said, 
I agree on all the rest, but I hope he doesn't go to NXT UK. And I was like, right, why? It's, it's amazing. The Imperium stuff versus British Strong Style is amazing. Partly the reason NXT UK was the first one that came to mind is the Imperium entrance is was perfect from the first ever attempt at it. It just mm. looks amazing, so you can imagine the Cara Noir one. I think Devlin on there is doing amazing... So on and so, and so forth. There's there's tons of great stuff, and the point I kind of made was so many of these things. It's all about how you, from what perspective you approach it. So if you approach NXT UK comparing it to you actually being there at an indie show, it's going to feel very different. It's a weekly show. It's not just here's our once a month, our once every two months. If you, however, and this isn't me being negative, if you compare it to WWE main roster, my God, it's far more aimed at me yeah. than, the, than the main roster is. So it's all about these perspectives. And it made me think of the, the birth of Tuesday Night Jaw was the fact that Jim wanted to do a show that was, was positive. And yeah. not just positive about the WWE. It's not some bias thing. Positive about... ICW about attack yeah. about Fight Club Pro about wrestling and and again all J- Japan stuff and old stuff just mm-hmm. being excited about it rather than moaning about wrestling which is really common on the internet and on podcasts. I think it's that thing of like you know like I, I love hip hop and and it's that thing of when you when you when you say you love hip hop people kind of do that thing of like oh what do you like do you like do you like Drake. Or, yeah. or or Skepta, and it's like, well, well, yeah, but that doesn't mean that I don't like people like, and you know, your boys, yeah, Sage Francis yeah, and yeah, Dolan. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I love that, but yeah. I also love a banger. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, I, sometimes I want to listen to Fifty Cent or G I, Unit, but that doesn't mean I that genuinely. Just across the the room from where yeah. we are now, I had someone take me aside after my set once because they'd come as a fan of my music. Yeah, so they were probably expecting to hear Sage and yeah. Dolan and stuff like that. But I'm DJing at one o'clock in a sweaty club. Exactly. I want to play Anti Up. I want to yeah. play Simon Says. I want to play rowdy shit. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to play intellectual hip hop yeah. in that in that situation. So, but this person was exactly that. We're like, I've, I, this isn't what I expected at all. I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm wasted. So we're just gonna have to have this discussion. But then, time. but then it's the same thing of like, so you got like, like Dead Press. Yeah. And every, like when that song comes on, everyone loses their mind. Yeah, That's one of the most politically driven songs in the world Completely. ever. Or and pe- now it's on a car advert for a Skoda or whatever it is. Or s- and that's but that's NXT UK. Sound of the Police. Yeah. This this club banger that's about plantations yeah. and and the yeah overseer t- 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 to officer transitions. Yeah. Hugely political, but everyone. It's like and, that, and that's NXT UK. It's the, the, this thing of you've got guys that have come from a background of, of grinding and having this really gritty indie style mm. and now are being put in front of a mainstream audience. And it's not, it's not to a detriment to their abilities and their talents because you've got to keep in mind that what a mainstream audience wants is so different to uh, a, a real big, you know, like, oh, real, I'm a real fan, quote-unquote, real fan, because it doesn't translate. And mm. as someone who loves wrestling and as someone who loves 90s all Japan wrestling, I love Misawa and Kabashi and Kawada, but having to explain to Sandra, 35, from Essex, who's brought her two children to a WWE show, having to try and explain why two men are just standing there 
walloping each other in the face and ushering each other on, yeah. that would take me, well, sit down and let me tell you about 30 years of, of wrestling history. Sometimes this stuff doesn't translate to a mainstream audience, but it doesn't mean that then people aren't talented and the product isn't good. And be aware how low the threshold is for a mainstream audience. There's not loads of people. I remember being at Brixton for Progress and the the woman next was, because that's where they've gone from 700 Mm -hmm. to uh, 1,500 or a couple of thousand. I'm not sure what it was. Um, And this, as as soon as Zack Sabre Jr. came out, this one was like, oh. This is so boring. Mm-hmm. So that's because you've gone slightly, a tiny bit yeah. more mainstream than 700 people. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the threshold that we're looking at. Yeah. And it just happens that that small amount of, of very vocal on social yeah. media and quite fairly and rightfully. Yeah. And it's but a, yeah, that's the thing. It's the, there's, there's a choice out there though. Because yeah. Zack Sam Jr. is absolutely one of the best wrestlers in the world and I absolutely adore him. And, and I have for years. Yeah. I've always been one of his biggest fans because he stuck to the thing that he was good at and the stuck to the thing that he loved. And now he's just wrestled in Texas and he's wrestling in the Tokyo yeah. Dome yeah. and he's done all these incredible stuff because he stayed true to himself as well as being one of the funniest people on the mic in the world yeah. ever. Yeah. But this is the thing. It's like, I don't know why people focus on, oh, well, I really hate this when there's an infinite amount of stuff you can love. 100%. And, and that's it. The, the, the point here is not to lie about stuff no. or to rose tint or to no. gloss over anything, but there's people, again, if we use a main roster as an example, there's wrestlers on the main roster who aren't to my taste. No. But there's also Kevin Owens, <laughs> who I could watch three hours of. Yeah. And three hours of wrestling is tough. That's one of my issues with, yeah, with yeah. some of the main roster. But I could watch him for three hours. And there's Seth and... Becky and AJ and people who can do these amazing matches. There's there's loads to rave about. So and it's also as well. if you've got a tweet, yeah, tweet about the shit that was yeah. dope, right? Rather yeah, than yeah. I didn't like this particular segment of a three-hour show, or don't, or just oh, don't yeah. say anything. That's fine too. But but, but, but Seth, uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, uh, all these people that are now main roster they should be celebrated even harder because they came through the same scene that the lads are now coming through. Yeah. And, and they have changed the product. Yeah. You cannot dispute that. In the last five years, that product has changed dramatically 100%. more to a more... Sling a fin in there as well yeah. in changing his style but keeping Nakamura. enough of it there. Yeah. Tell, me, tell me 10 years ago that Shinsuke Nakamura was going to be a main roster WWE person. Yeah. I'd laughed in your face. And now look at it. And this is the thing with, with I think, with NXT UK is it's brand new. This is this is this is the yeah. infant, uh, infancy of this this thing, and it's. I think it's going to take a while before that synergy clicks in. But then, at the same time, is you think about what Pete has done as champion that that yeah. him and Tyler in Chicago, you know, yeah. even him and Volta, and there's matches with like the the vets and Mustache Mountain and Jordan, and there yeah. is there is these matches. The Gallus stuff. There. They were all people who. On the early shows, I was like, I'm not into these guys. Yeah. It's not my cup of tea. They've won me over completely. They've yeah. been amazing in there, in storytelling, in in-ring yeah. and everything. So. And, and you, there needs to be a period of time where it, they find their thing. Because, I, you know, I, I'm not... A lot of people always this idea of me being a big Japanese wrestling fan, and I love Japanese wrestling, mm. but it's, it's over a long period of time, and I don't watch a lot of New Japan these days. Yeah. Um, someone asked me the other day, like, are you going to cover G1? And I, I don't feel right, because I've not watched New Japan consistently for the last yeah. two or three yeah. years, or let alone a G1. But that 
New Japan styles change dramatically. And yeah. trust me, I'm, I'm in the... <laughs> there'll be about two people that will get this reference, but I'm in a Facebook group called Classic Japanese Wrestling, which is like an amazing uh, forum of nerds. It's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. Um, there's people in there that absolutely hate the modern New Japan yeah. because it's not what they got into in, in, the, in the 90s or whatever. And it's the same with, with wrestling all over the world. There'll be people that will hate it. Lucha Libre. It's changed dramatically yeah. because of the likes of Pentagon and But and again, Ray it's, and it's the statement, it's the fact that it's all, it's all in motion yeah. is what people str- str- struggle to realise. One of the points I made in this, in this Twitter discussion, and to be clear, the guy was lovely. He was polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just had his view. It wasn't to his taste. But, and we were discussing back and forth. And the point I kind of made, because he talked about WWE, and this is, is something I had on my notes to talk about because it's, all, it's just over a year since... I really angered the internet wrestling community because I was excited about NXT UK and I wouldn't acknowledge that the WWE are here to destroy the Indies and I think the Indies are looking pretty great a year on. Um, But the point there was kind of saying, look, his point was he felt NXT UK have just stolen. He then corrected, he said he feels stolen was the wrong word, but the best bits of the Indies and it's not as good. They're not as good here, blah, 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 blah. But my point to him was... Imagine, do you think if AJ, Finn, Nakamura, um, Anson and Gallows hadn't come to WWE, we would have had Okada Omega, that whole feud. We would have had Osprey doing the things he's doing out there at the moment. Zach, another great example. We wouldn't have had that because you have to have this movement Yes. W- within the product and it goes both ways when 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 Hogan and everyone left to WCW it allowed Shawn Michaels and the, the mid-carders to go to the top Stone Cold Steve Austin mm. a few things happened after Cody Rhodes left yeah. WWE <laughs> you know that's had some impact so that's so again it's these the transition is both ways but it's it shouldn't be this huge anger and, and fury and I, I completely agree on that and I think everything has a knock-on effect and i think for me one of the most important things that nxt has done was nxt was an organic thing that grew and built um and really for me when i started to to love that product was when Sami Zayn and neville were having that feud over the nxt title becomes mine and then kevin owens came in and then it started to literally the kevin owens coming in is when i started watching it and and i I get that yeah what's going on who who are these it's amazing but a lot of people got brought into the product because of that. Yeah. And then what happened is we started watching that weekly TV and then Charlotte Flair, yeah. Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Natalia, all the girls started to actually get fair time and, and an opportunity yeah. to show everyone how good they are. And then, you know, that ended with Bailey and Sasha really at Brooklyn and the, the yeah. four, uh, four horsewomen. And I think that constant move and that constant evolution leads to these opportunities. And I don't think without NXT, I don't think we would have had an all-female WrestleMania main event. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say, I'm not not doing that horrible thing of like, oh, well, we've got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to thank for that. But it's not at all. It's just saying that these, these movements and these moments give birth to something else and yeah. sometimes it's really really special and i think as well with the nxt uk situation is if we've got a situation where 
people will aspire to go to, to NXT UK. That's a good goal for them. So yeah. when people move up, people move up on the indie scene. And moving up is, is a positive thing as well, because yes. w- what more could Pete, Tyler and Trent have done yeah. on the indies? They'd, they'd yeah. kind of done it, same with Volta really, mm-hmm. in a shorter amount of time over here, but mm-hmm. he'd come in at such a high level. How much... Um, Alistair Black, I, was, yeah, I almost yeah, yeah. dead named him then, which, yeah. <laughs> which I would never do. Um, there's a lot of people like that of what more could they have done? So mm. surely it's good that they make way for Spike Trevay to be having mm. the year he's having, the OJMO to yeah. be having the year he's having, Cara Noir, who we've mentioned, all these other people to come through and fill those gaps, right? And I get it. I do get it. I was a senior. TK kid. Cooper and, and, and Chuck yeah. Mumbo are two that, yeah. again, I'd always enjoyed as early in the card people. They're a yeah. bit of fun. And now I'm watching them as, wow, these are main yeah. event show stealers. But like I said, I, I was a scene kid. I had it. Like when, when all my cool hardcore bands all sold out and yeah. got played on Daniel P. Carter's rock show, I yeah. was like, you know, I was an idiot when I was 19 and I was like oh well they're dead to me now I was like it's Sold not out. as good as the first album yeah. and like it is it's, it's, that's what a community that's what a scene is and yeah. I, I completely understand it and, I, and I, again it's that thing of I think it's good that people like you have a healthy discussion yeah because yeah. I think a healthy discussion is fine it's when people resort to being petty and, oh it gets and, nasty and I said a year or so ago when I was seen as defending the WWE mm. people were furious and just yeah. being but it's interesting it's these developments that that be there of of the of the bands and yeah growing out of them i went on a little like you know when you have those quick roots of of, yeah, of, yeah. of a journey of your brain so i yeah. thought of green day because i think yeah, yeah the thing that's amazing about them is they mean as much to to 14 year old kids at school mm. as they meant to me when i was a 14 year old kid yeah. at school yeah, but it's yeah. different albums exactly. it's mad that's an amazing thing but um on adam Buxton's podcast recently had Frank Skinner and he told a story that he did a gig after a book reading or something at at Latitude and a woman put her hand up to ask a question and said, I used to hate you, but now I love you. Have you changed or have I? Which is a beautiful question. That's a great question. question. Because it's really relevant to to, to wrestling because it just happens that my favourite period in the history of wrestling is five years ago to current NXT. Yeah. For me, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. And I loved, I was the biggest Warrior fan ever. I was loved the Attitude Era. There's all sorts of different points I've had throughout yeah. my career. Yet this, for me, is perfect. That doesn't mean it's the best for everyone. Correct. That doesn't mean these indie wrestling fans need to love it. I think there's a lot who would love it if they didn't have hang-ups about the owners of the company or whatever because the, the product itself i think is it's got the production value of wwe but it's got the talent and in ring of indie i think that's that was always going to happen and and, and knowing like to use jim as, as the example with this is that knowing jim as well as i do i feel i feel that it was going to be a necessary evil if we wanted to make this thing better in the sense that to be more transparent and be more open to, to fans who are, are absorbing a product. It's that thing of, uh, to use progress as an example, they, they open themselves up for taking shots. Yeah. Because if you, 
if you go out there and, and, and say like, oh, well, don't be a dick. And, you know, you, you openly talk about what happens behind the curtain. People are always going to use that to snipe at you. Yeah. And I'm not saying that sometimes that people have me justified to snipe. And I'm not saying that they're always right. But it is always going to happen. And it's that thing of, of accountability within the scene. Because the change that's happened within the last seven years has been like so positive yeah. like when i came into wrestling 15 years ago as a 15 year old it was one of the most toxic and horrible communities in the world ever it really was yeah because it was just a bunch of old boys that were were still hung up over the old world of sport days and it was this horrible toxic masculinity and this real shit attitude and, and, it was and the goal had been stripped away the goal yeah tv had been lost oh, so suddenly you've been working your whole career towards something and now yeah. that if the goalposts have moved completely, or the goalposts have turned into to rugby poles. If you had, if so you had said, what's happening? If you had said to someone like, "Oh, I'm going to be in WWE one day," that at that period of time, they laughed in your face, yeah. and I would have told you to leave. Yeah. And it's changed from that. I went from I went from wrestling on shows where there was two women's wrestlers, not not two women's matches, two yeah. women's wrestlers yeah. in almost the whole of the country, yeah. and we've gone from that to where we are now, which I feel like is a safer environment and a better environment on the whole. Is it perfect? No, because nothing's perfect. And we always have to keep learning and we always have to keep progressing. But yeah. from the state that we are, we were in to where we are now is something that I am proud of. Yeah. And I, I do think, again, it's that mindset of let's, let's try and focus on the positives for the most of the time and then hold everyone else accountable for, oh, for oh, the other. Oh, everyone's excited to get angry and, and be negative about stuff again yeah. it's why i reposted the cara noir match this morning to say there was some r- wrestling twitter dramas yesterday mm. you may have messed missed something great and it's weird because mm. again i also think i mean as you said people have a right to get angry at stuff that's yes. not what we're saying here yes the 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 progress example from yesterday i'll go th- through it with my opinion because i wouldn't ask you to comment because mm. you're you've worked with them and all this kind of <laughs> but progress did a tweet that was a photo from the weekend and it said finally the ultimate paul robinson face and it was a woman in the crowd who looked really angry Mm. i think there was nothing wrong with that tweet at all um people reacted badly because they thought they were having a go at the woman in some Mm. way the point of the tweet is paul is meant to make you angry her face was a look of absolute disgust at this horrible person so it wasn't having a dig at the person anyway Mm. but some people reacted to it in that way that fuel is then poured on that fire by the heel Mm. being heelish Mm -hmm. so again i don't think paul robinson's in the wrong there he's a heel he's meant to be saying oh look at the state of that or look at the state of it or or, or Mm. whatever it was he said then when people react, he reacts back and all this kind of thing. So I think people were right to be reacting because they're being defensive and they're angry and they've been offended. Mm. Paul, as a heel, is right to continue being a heel. Progress weren't even intending to be horrible <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. I thought is it they did take it down because of the way it was mm-hmm. misinterpreted, so I support that. I was kind of sad at that in a way because I was like, no, it's because that's not what was meant there. So now yeah. it's been repurposed to mean something it didn't in a weird yeah. way, which is... Is odd, but again, it's it's an example of how everyone can have the best intentions there and be yeah. doing the right thing, but it can cause offence and anger. Again, I keep bringing up my up my girlfriend in this, but as she's like, "Oh, bloody, I hate Elias," and I go, "You meant to," and and, and there's the, 
there's a few heels that she absolutely hates. It's like, yeah. that means, you know that's why I like them, right? <laughs> you know, it's because I'm watching going, they're really good at really annoying everyone. And it's, again, it, it's... A, it's funny because it's kind of like 1996 cruiserweight WCW action in the ring yeah. and then 1998 Attitude Era um, reaction slash drama on Twitter now yeah, and it's this yeah, weird yeah, yeah, cross yeah. between the two sometimes. But, Completely. But look, you know, it's the, it's, it's the business. It's the nature of the business and it it'll always be that way, you know. So, so let's, I mean, as, we're, as we've, we've, we've gone over the hour mark, there's two things I want to kind of ask. Mm-hmm. What, what roles do you have these days? Because I know you stopped doing Fight Club Pro because yeah. you were getting busy elsewhere i know you're in your hashtag independent as such um but what so what are your your roles and what are your your positions in the industry now um yeah the the fight club situation is an interesting one because i've got a million reasons why i decided to leave and and, I, and for me personally i don't think any of them are negative um it was the right time to leave yeah. I, I i grew with that company and I came to embody what that company was for, for the nearly three years that I was there. And, and it was that we were a bit pissed off. It was that we were a bit angry that, that no one was looking at us. And it was yeah. the fact that we were the group of people that, that kept on getting overlooked and kept on getting forget, forgotten about and then suddenly found ourselves at the forefront of success. Yeah. You look at that roster, some angry dudes, and there's some stuff that we did. We were doing, and I'm not, you know, tooting our own horn and don't think like someone will tell me something else but like we were one of the first major indies in this in this country to openly do intergender matches we had yeah. nixon newell against chris brooks in one of the most violent matches yeah. and we we were a company that and, and they still are a company that pride themselves on we don't look at you as a as a gender we look at you as a wrestler yeah. we had death matches when people weren't doing death matches with guys like clint and jimmy and, and mikey whiplash we had pure wrestlers like Sabre and Travis Banks. We were the place that were giving all these opportunities to newer people. And we were angry, but we got to a point where we couldn't be angry because we were getting 800 <laughs> people in a, you know, yeah. in a warehouse in Wolverhampton yeah. and having some of the best wrestlers. And I think I creatively hit the point where it was the right time to go. Yeah. And, I, and I stand by that. And, and I've got a real, a real love of, of ending things in professional wrestling because nothing ends. Yeah. And it's, it's a never ending it story. Is. It's and one of the best quotes I've ever heard of a, tr- a triple H on, on Jericho's podcast. I think mm. it was where he said, if you're angry about something, it's a never ending story. We're going to be back next week. Yeah. And maybe possibly have faith that we build into something that you're going to yeah. like. It's something I always got when I was becoming more and more obsessed with progress. Yeah. Which I still yeah. am was, They'd have everyone in the palm of their hand, then they'd do have one result that people didn't like, mm. and there'd be uproar. And it'd be like, yeah. maybe trust that they've got a plan for that. That's that there's going to be a payoff. That CCK are going to come back. Yeah, or this is going to happen. Yeah. Or this, there's going to be a big pop. And I kind of I like being in control of my own destiny. I did Fight Club 100, and mm. I got to do. I think I, I think the last official show I did, I went back and did Dream Tag because there was yeah. an opportunity to go and do it. Um, and I, I like that because like yeah. I like that I've chose one to do. And I'm part of, um, you know, uh, Gaz and Craig and Tetsujin up, up north. Yep. And, and I've been very fortunate that they're good friends of mine and, and I've, I've had, I had a little bit of input in it. And it was this beautiful moment where uh, all three of us were like, we should just kill it. 
like because no one kills their own promotions and let's do a trilogy and let's name it after one of the most iconic punk albums of all time and refused because yeah. we called it Tattoojin's Fucking Dead which is a yeah, refuse song yeah, yeah, which yeah. is ironically on the album that tore the band apart at their most influential and yeah. the biggest and we kind of went with that vibe because we'd rather people remember it and love it than it staying around for too long so I think that's kind of where I am with Ring Announcing I feel like I've done as much as I can with it I still, I still do fighting spirit up in, in Liverpool for James Drake and Zach Gibson's training school. Mm-hmm. And I occasionally do other places. But like my job now with ring announcing is bringing new people through and giving them yeah. the opportunities because there's people that are coming in behind me now that are awesome and, and completely different to me. Um, so my main focus is in wrestling is commentary because it's the thing that I love and it's the thing I think I'm pretty good at. Yeah. <laughs> like um so that's kind of where i'm at but everyone always has this thing of like i love it when people are like well, where, where would you go I'm like, mm, i don't know where i'd go because no one's offered me a job yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. like like there's 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 places and stuff that i'd like to do at some point but at the minute i'm just happy with what i've got and and i'm i'm happy with with this stuff that i'm producing and and you know and don't get me wrong and, like, i mean that's a positive place to be like one of the biggest questions i get is who would be your dream guest it's like look at my guests yeah i'm so excited to have all of them and similarly who would you want where would you want to go you commentated devlin dragonov at the weekend right which everyone is saying is one of the best matches magic actual magic look at what i'm actually doing rather than what my dream would be look at what i'm doing this is what's exciting and that's so important i think that's so important because and I'm guilty for it. Like, of course I'm guilty for it because I'm a human being and sometimes I do go, oh, it's really cool, I wish I was doing that. Yeah. And then it's like, but, but look what I'm doing. There's people that would kill to be in my position, you know, and there'd be people that would just want to do what I'm doing. And more importantly, I'm doing what I want to do and yeah. that's super cool. And I'm in a really fortunate position where I am in, uh, an independent contractor and not just in wrestling, in presenting and hosting and all these other things that I do. That e- I equally love. Like I, I, I get to basically wake up in the morning and decide what I want to do, and that's yeah. a, a very fortunate position to be in. So, for like the terms of wrestling, it's I'm in this weird moment of I'm coming into my 16th year. Wow! And so I've been in wrestling half my life. Yeah, it's all I've ever known, and it's the only thing I'll ever want to know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to be an accountant or whatever or get a real job. So I'm just really happy and thankful that I'm still here. Yeah. I'm still doing this, you know, I love it from that stupid, skinny little 15 year old kid <laughs> in Wigan, not knowing what he's doing to having done Wembley arena and yeah. working for the biggest independent company in the world. Yeah. And getting to have my voice featured on NXT UK and doing podcasts yeah. and yeah, doing video game events and all this incredible stuff that like, you know, and sometimes I'm in the shower and I'm like, bloody hell, that's all right, isn't it? Yeah, it's not <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, and let's wrap things up on the mark of, I mean, we spoke of knowing of knowing a, a when to leave and when to walk away. Mm-hmm. And that's where Jim got to on Tuesday night. Yes. Jaw. He was, he was messaging me every now and then apologizing for not having new episodes out. And my mm. point has always been, look, what you're doing is the most important thing. Like the stuff he's doing with NXT UK yeah. and with progress and with everything, 
that's the priority. I never wanted the podcast to be a burden or an annoyance yes. or a commitment as such. So I kind of said to him, would you be interested in, 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 in handing it over to someone? And, and you were one of the names I kind of I put forward, the first name, in fact. Mm. And he was like, yeah, I, I think that'd be good. And he'd, I think he'd already mentioned the idea mm. to you or something like that. And that was kind of what happened as we recalled this a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. It kind of the transition was 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 put in the the trade was made. Yeah. Um, Which so is yeah. What's the plan, kind of going <laughs> forward? What do you want to do with choosing that jaw? Is it? Oh, I've got some ideas. Yeah. Uh, um, it's funny as well because like, I've been saying this a little bit in person, but everyone keeps saying congratulations to him, and I'm like, for what? For for being in the right place at the right time? Like, cheers. Again, and, it's hard work and luck. Yeah, that's the exactly two things. It. It's, it's okay. To, this is actually knowledge both. There's a reason you were in the right yeah, place at the right time. Exactly. But it's also lucky that that happened to happen. But yeah. yeah. I, I think for me, like, my intention is that that I really want it to be a, an open forum. I just want to pause and say, I just want to say you've got the job because it suddenly feels like a, a job interview. That I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Again, so what's your intention? Well, yeah, right, what's, no what's, what's your, what's your five-year plan? Yeah, Where do you yeah, see yourself yeah, exactly. in five years' time? It's yours, so go on, continue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suddenly felt really kind of, I'm the one who's asked it as the head of the yeah, network. Yeah. So like you're, you're, you're asking for my daughter's hand in marriage. Yeah, so, definitely. So. Um, but no, I, I really want it to be an open forum. And I, and I feel that I have the ability to, to truly do that when Jim didn't because yeah. John has uh, Jim Jim uh, that's his name what's his name Jim, Jim. Uh, he has job restrictions because yeah. of course he does I don't so I'm fortunate that I want I don't just want wrestlers I want referees I want ring announcers I want commentators I want comedians I want fans I want everyone that's in this mental community to, to be able to have a voice and give give yeah. their story I just want interesting people to talk about wrestling that yeah. is literally it if you're positive and you're interesting and, and again, like I've got a few guests lined up, um, and I'm trying to think. I've got I'm doing one today, which will be not this week's episode; it'll be next week's episode. So it'll probably be last week's episode when this comes yes. out. As who, such, it's confusing. And it, and it's and it's it's a wrestler who isn't to a mainstream audience. I've never heard of him. They've been like, "Who's this guy?" And they're going to look yeah. him up and they're going to get excited. But then on the, on the flip side, I've got I've got. Um, I'll have Chris Ridgway on when he yeah. comes back from doing a tour of Pro Wrestling Noah. I'm yeah. just going to talk about Pro Wrestling Noah. Amazing. Uh, I've got John Robinson lined up, yes. uh, who's a mental stand-up comic who Great. does a, a show called The Dark Room uh, that's influenced by professional wrestling, and he's yeah. also been part of the Australian independent scene. And this is it. This is what I want. I don't want it to be, here's a wrestler. Oh, how'd you get into wrestling? Who did he train with? What's yeah, your favorite yeah, match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, you know, and, it, and it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I want it to be the stories that have happened in wrestling. That, or, or, you know. or one of the great ch- ch- changes that I think has been overlooked a bit in wrestling po- podcasts recently. I keep meaning to tweet about it. When was the last time you listened to Jim Ross's podcast? Yeah. It's, br- it's brilliant now. Yeah. The way they've done it, they've, it, uh, Conrad, yeah, um, yeah. Conrad, what's his, I can't think of his, his surname for some reason. Um, he's, he sits down with Jar every week and mm. they pick a different event that Jim was involved yeah. with. To, oh, so to like, analyze. like the old Bruce Pritchard yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. A lot like the old, 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 old Bruce one. And it's fantastic now because it it's yeah. not just Jim talking to a wrestler about their career or whatever else. Yeah. Cause there's, there's 
so many of them out there. Yes, yes. and it's fantastic. They they they've been going through WCW stuff recently. Mm. They've done some cl- some classic WWE moments, mm. and that's what Jim Ross should be doing. And and this is something else that I want to say. I'm never going to be able to have a 100% critical voice because yeah. of I work within this industry yeah. and I choose to not talk about certain things and withhold stuff out of respect for the people that I work with yeah. and I'm friends with. But that doesn't mean that I don't want that to happen. I want to be able to inspire people to do that on their own. Everyone's got an iPhone or a yeah. smartphone. Pick it up, record a podcast, tell us what you think. Yeah. And I'm all about supporting that because if, if, if you truly are in this community, you want everyone else to to be able to succeed and do stuff that again yeah. and you know it comes back to that that i you know i had it this week of oh i'm going to cover the g1 why should i cover the g1 when i'm a casual fan when there is someone out there that that dedicates their whole life to this tournament and this promotion yeah. and it can add so many details and, and, and stuff that i can't the bearded wrestling fan is is that his he's name on twitter them. he's amazing he's well, he's because i'm tempted for, for the first time to watch the G1, j- yeah. j- just because the brackets came out, and it's the first time that I'm familiar with a lot of a high percentage of the people there's, in it. There's people so, out there that like you know, and he did a blog about it that was yeah. just a breakdown of here's how you watch it, here's who you should be, and he was like, this is great, this is. There's like uh, everyone makes a joke with me on, on Tuesday night draw about being obsessed with Dragon Gate because I am, yeah, um, but. I'm not the voice of Dragon Gate. There's, there's an actual English-speaking um, Dragon Gate community out there. There's a guy called Jay who's been around for years and used to have the, the iHeartDG.com website. Yeah. And he's phenomenal. He's, I think he actually works with Dragon Gate now. Um, and there's like Galazzo Dan, who's the giffer that talks about Dragon Gate and Shikara. And there's all these other little bits of pieces and people out there that are doing incredible work. And they get me excited about like, oh, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch Chris Brooks put a figure four on a water slide yeah. in DDT in Japan. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it, that's, this is not my role. Yeah. That's their role, and that's awesome. And that's the great thing as well, because one of the things I, I love about podcasting, and what I was adamant when starting this, when I had my XFM show, in my first meeting in agreeing it, I said, I only want to do this if I'm allowed to say, oh, I heard this, this track mm-hmm. on Zane's show at the weekend. Mm-hmm. And that's what I encourage across the network as well mm. cunning that you can be oh there's a really good podcast about this or there's a really good here's where you can find <laughs> yeah, out more on that yeah. give people the option of going down rabbit holes guide them to the rabbit hole <laughs> show them the rabbit hole yeah and then it's up to them i, I think it's really funny because i think because obviously on our on this network we always like shout out everyone else's podcast yeah but we're all big fans of each other's podcasts yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, really? like as susie's done the uh, cbd all this yeah, week yeah. which i'm like i've got i'm listening to it on the train back because yeah. like if there's anyone i'm going to listen to and i'm really interested in like and you know and it's the perfect one to, to cover about now because yeah. there's so many claims on it like literally i've not i don't remember the last time i had something wrong that someone didn't say should try cbd oil yeah <laughs> so yeah i've got a, f- a flat tire C- CBD oil is good for flat tires. You know, so, is it? <laughs> but it's the same. You know, I, I, I listened to your podcast with with Charlie Brooker the yeah, other week because I yeah, love Charlie yeah, Brooker. Yeah, and yeah. You, know, you know, I mentioned before about the when you had Cedric from out the driving on. And, yeah, and like, yeah. I, I genuinely, for me, I'm like so flattered to be part of this because yeah. I, I'm a legitimate fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I get to have people come to me and get excited about Tuesday Night Joe, which still blows my mind. Well, I mean, the most exciting part is. Now we've sat down and chatted and made it all of, 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 of official. 
I'll go through the process of adding you to the Distraction Pieces Network WhatsApp group. I have heard about this. Which, which is very exciting. I'm so, excited. Um, it, it was a weird one because it all happened and I was like, well, Matt should be part of this, but I've not even kind of met and like, we've not even <laughs> discussed any of it. And it's like, I don't want to be like putting pressure on it. Here's gonna, the group. Are now we going to have our Triple H handshake photo <laughs> after a takeover I genuinely, I was tr- trying to make it along to the progress, which was the Sunday after the Tuesday night draw announced. And I was thinking, what can I take? I was going to bring a suit jacket just to put on, just so we could have a photo, just like Triple H. Just the <laughs> Point and shake official. it out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, that's exciting. So I'll, I'll wrap things up with where can people keep up to date on everything that you're going to be posting? So it's weird that J- Jim's, Jim's still face involved. is yeah. dead on the artwork. It makes sense that it's still jimsmallman.com, but it's. Have you seen the, the fan art that guy yes, called Ben did? did. Which is amazing. really, really funny because, bless him, he, was, he did it as a joke and it kind of sneakily became the sort of unofficial yeah, thing. Yeah, I love so, it, I love it. Um, so yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitter at mrichardshost. Uh, I'm on Instagram as well, but yeah, Instagram's Instagram, is it? But um, yeah, hit me on that. We're still going to use jimsmallman.com forward slash tnj for now, uh, and as well as the, the ACAST website. Yeah. Because um, that's kind of where it, it lands first. Because I did find out that last week that it takes a little bit of while to get on iTunes. Yeah, it's, it's normally qu- quite qu- quick, and particularly this isn't a dig at... at at gym as soon as you become more regular with it yeah. it's quite it, yeah. it only takes 10 minutes or so but yeah it's yeah, yeah. so i'm there gonna is do a slight delay i'm doing a birthday q a episode which will have been out tomorrow which is the 10th of july on Excellent. a wednesday yeah. and then i've got another guest lined up i'm really gutted because i was going to get someone this weekend uh for the podcast that we might get in future and we ended up getting really carried away and actually getting on too much to not record a podcast brilliant. so got it brilliant i love when that was well thank you very much and it's ex- exciting to have you on the network and part of the team thank you very much You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Matt Richards. Um, what a wonderful chap, right? I can't wait to see everything he does with Tuesday Night Jaw. As I mentioned in the intro, grab your tickets for the live Tuesday Night Jaw versus Hardest Part of the Ring under the name of Hardest Part of the Jaw uh, at, the, at the, the London Podcast Festival at King's Place. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, the, the guests that, that Matt is lining up, are amazing so yeah grab your tickets swiftly a few things to tell you about um we mentioned championship manager or football manager previously championship manager briefly in this and um the end of last week it was two days before my birthday and I thought I've got a busy few days still but I've got a few hours spare so I'm gonna grab the latest football manager and pop it on my iPad so I grabbed it on the Thursday night at like 8pm. Um, and on the Friday at about 6pm, I deleted it because I am still far too addicted to that game. I played it for several hours and you know what? I didn't even enjoy it. Like it's it's still a great game, but I think it's because I knew there's loads of other stuff I should be doing. Um, there's loads of more productive stuff I could be doing. And I was just playing as Millwall and trying to find new players it's it's crazy how addictive it is um but let's talk wrestling for a little bit in the outro 
uh, a few things I want to tell you about. Number one, a few of my hot takes. Um, in fact, I'm going to get Buddy Peace to add this into the intro because I want to say, in the outro, in fact, I'm going to talk about my number one wish in wrestling right now. So you see, you can edit that and put that and you will have already heard that. I love it. You'll love it when I make him do that because I, I hoodwink you and you're like, I did hear that, but I didn't know it was edited because he's a beast. Um, yeah. So the, the my number one wish in wrestling at the moment is that they would move to 205 Live recordings to full sale because I don't really watch 205 Live. There's a lot of wrestling to keep up on and in October when AEW goes weekly, there's going to be even more. But 205 Live has been having some amazing matches recently. Jack Gallagher, previous guest against um, Chad Gable was amazing. Uh, Drew Gulak against Isaiah Swerve. What's his new surname? Formerly Shane Strickland. I can't remember his surname. And Drake Maverick against Mike Kanellis. All fantastic matches, but they record them after SmackDown recordings. And the crowd have just watched the main roster. It's not necessarily, you know, a, a, a specific wrestling fan base. It's your more mainstream main roster fan base. And I just think that that Tour Five Live. I've got some amazing people on their roster. They're putting on some amazing matches, but it's hard to get into when there's so many other options because the the crowd just aren't into it. And if it was at full sale, which is where NXT is recorded, it'd be amazing. So I'm urging for that. Speaking of too much wrestling to watch, um, I'm loving NXT UK at the moment. We touched upon it briefly here. Um, And one thing I wanted to mention, there was a match, opening match, say two weeks ago now maybe three it was um Niam Dar against Kenny Williams and it was a really good opening match uh one of them I'm not going to spoil it did a lariat outside of the ring and it's one of my favorite lariats slash clotheslines there's there is a difference but you know the name that you may be more familiar with is clothesline even though this was very much a lariat um yeah, it was an outside of the ring one, and it was just great. And they do I think they're doing some really cool stuff over there. That whole uh, show was was really good. As I've mentioned, I think in the podcast, Jordan Devlin is just next level. Um, I, I'll mention now. In fact, the next NXT UK takeover live is in Cardiff on August thirty first, and I recommend you all go along and watch that, or watch on the network because it's going to be amazing. They're genuinely doing amazing stuff. They're doing Tyler Bate against Volta. Dear God, dear God, you want to be there for that and you want to watch that. A few other things to talk about. Another thing I've really enjoyed on NXT, they've been doing their breakout tournament. It's been cool because there's been some people like Swerve and Cameron Grimes, formerly Trevor Lee, uh, what's Jonah Rock's name now? Yeah, there's just a load of really good people from the indies in this tournament on NXT putting on really cool matches, and it's it's wicked. But the standout for me went out in the first round, but Dexter Loomis, I've never seen him before. I'd seen pictures of him. I'd never seen him wrestle, but dear God, if there's ever a, a ready-for-NXT main roster wrestler, from his entrance, his entrance was amazing. If you didn't catch it, go back and watch that. It's one of the, I think it's the s- second or third week of the breakout tournament. 
it will be mentioned in the in the the details. Oh, he was great. All of his in ring was perfect. His character was perfect. His look is just wondrous. It's cracking. Yeah. Uh, also, last week it's relevant to, to this as Matt Richards has taken over Tuesday Night Jaw from Jim Smallman. In fact, I should mention he's been smashing it. He's had some great guests recently, not just wrestlers. He brought back the return of the round table and included um, James Drake. I almost said Drake Maverick, uh, and that was fantastic. But um, he's been having referees on and ring announcers, and it's been great. He had Lucy Openshaw in a really good episode uh, last week. He had James Drake and Chris Egan on the... Round time, we had the OJMOs having one of the best years imaginable in independent wrestling. He had Chris Sharp on as his first guest. Yeah, it's cool. There's some good stuff. But yeah, he's taken over from Jim Smallman. And Jim Smallman announced last week that he's leaving progress. He's The 100th show is going to be his last show. He's going to be focusing on his family and NXT UK and just loads of other cool stuff. And it's really exciting because... It's exciting for him to feel it's the right time to walk away from one journey and and focus on another. It's exciting for progress because John and Glenn are amazing. So they're going to continue to do amazing things there, but it will feel like a new era as you won't have Jim announcing um, and in in the foreground as such. So yeah, exciting things there. So big congratulations to Jim and everyone at progress and finally um i'm not sure when it's going to be out because i'm so backlogged with guests i might have to put it out as a bonus episode but it'll be out at some point i'm recording an episode with with jack sexsmith and jack sexsmith um means the world to me i've been a fan of jack for a long time i consider him a pal even though we don't get to chat or hang out too much but the times i have chatted with him it's been a joy um and he recently had wrestling taken away from him as he was kind of in line for title shots at riptide and all sorts of stuff like that he's had an injury that um has meant he's got to retire and i want to talk to him about his career because his career has been an important one his character is is pansexual yeah he's just done so much for bringing a variation of 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 sexualities of of gender fluidity of of sexuality fluidity i guess um and just of support and warmth into the wrestling industry and into the forefront and not in a character where it's being a joke or anything like that it's really good so yeah i want to have a good chat with him and that'll be i don't know when it'll be out but we're going to record that soon i think that's all i need to tell you about isn't it i'm dead excited about aew i've not watched any of the G1. I wanted to this year and I've just been too busy. But anyway, enough of that chat. I'll see you all next week. Oh, who's my guest next week? Let's let's fill you in on next week's guest. I know I've been recording some of the best podcasts I've ever done of late. The Patreon lot are kind of in on that. Oh, Sarah Pascoe is next week. Um, this might be my favourite podcast I've ever recorded. It's amazing. Uh, I've had Sarah on previously, but this was one of the best conversations I've ever had. So, yeah, how's that for hype? It's amazing. Um, So, so yeah, I'll see you next week. This is now a really long episode because it's a long old outro. See you all next week, guys. Ta-ta!